Welcome back to episode 10 of Inside Illini Football. We've made it to double digits here on uh, this award-winning podcast. Colin Likas, so congrats first off on that accomplishment. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, it's a dual accomplishment, and we've got uh, we've got plenty of news and a fun top 10 for this uh, <laughs> podcast. At least I think it's a fun top 10. But uh, yeah, we got some got some uh, news about pro day coming up with uh, some Illinois athletes, four of them to be exact. A few staff hires, catch up on some uh, in-state FCS stuff, all kinds of things to talk about. Yeah, I'm sports editor Matt Daniels. That is the dulcet tones of hardworking Colin Likas, who handles about 95 beats here at the uh, at the News Gazette and does so without complaint. I think he sleeps at some point, but I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Do you sleep, Colin? It, it depends on the week. <laughs> <laughs> How are your Blackhawks doing, by the way? Uh, I mean, much better than could have been expected this season, at least much better than I would have expected this season. They're, the back end of their schedule is very difficult, but they're currently in a playoff position, so that's kind of exciting for a very, a very young team. How do you feel about Brent Seabrook retiring? I mean, people complained about Brent Seabrook for uh, the contract he got toward the back end of his career, but it's certainly sad to watch another guy go. I was sad when Corey Crawford retired because he's one of my favorite Blackhawks, and uh, yeah, the guys from the, uh, the the Stanley Cup championship runs are all slowly, slowly fading away, which is crazy to think about because they're all in their late 30s. Pat- <laughs> they're Patrick, not that old. <laughs> Patrick Kane's still going strong. Yeah, Patrick Kane. Is he Kane's, goals yet? Patrick, he's one away. Okay. Patrick Kane's still going strong. Jonathan Taze hopefully will come back from his uh, his absence and, and play well. Duncan Keith's still going strong. Still got some guys from those old teams. All right, no, you did not stumble into Chicago Blackhawks podcast. We just wanted to <laughs> kind of get some lighter notes in there and yep. have Colin talk about one of his favorite sporting franchises. Quick, funny, another quick aside about this. Uh, this is what... When did they win their last cup? 2015? Yep. Colin, I think, stopped in the office uh, one summer day that, uh, that oh, yeah. summer and uh, had his full playoff beard in full effect yep. and was wearing a Blackhawks, a black Blackhawks yes. sweater. Yes. They're called sweaters, right? Right, right. I, I, I sometimes don't even say <laughs> it, but yeah. <laughs> in, uh, in early June, I think it was about 95 degrees in Champaign, and uh, that always sticks in my mind. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, enough Blackhawks talk. <laughs> you, can get that, you, can, you can get that anytime you want, I guess, on Inside Illinois Football as well. Um, some important news uh, regarding the, the 2021 seasons come out uh, the early part of this week. Uh, Illinois announced plans early this morning for season ticket purchases for the 2021 season. So by that indication, it looks like they're planning on having fans right. inside Memorial Stadium that aren't just relatives or family members of the Illinois football players. Yeah, it's certainly good news. And uh, uh, there, there is the caveat added in that, you know, if if Illinois Department of Public Health regulations related to COVID don't allow for full or any attendance, mm-hmm. uh, there's, you know, refund processes and rollovers and things like that. But, yeah, getting started with uh, season tickets at this point, the just hours, uh, 12 hours maybe, 14 hours after announcement of the spring game mm-hmm. uh, next month, uh, certainly pointing in a positive direction. Uh, there's not going to be, according to Kent Brown, I asked him yesterday, are there going to be any fans allowed at the spring game? He said at this time there's not, okay. which is certainly a disappointment. You know, you, you take the kids out to the spring game, get some autographs, things yeah. like that. We've got pictures from it at the last spring game mm-hmm. in 2019, which – 
you think about that, the most recent spring game before that was in 2015. There mm-hmm. haven't been a lot of spring Illinois football games in the last seven years or so. Yeah. But at least having one this year is nice. And then you look at uh, season ticket sales going on. Uh, the uh, single-game ticket sales uh, start date is to be determined at this point, which I'm sure plenty of people are, are wondering about as well. Uh, it just shows you that we're trying to get back to some sense of normalcy here. I know uh, most, if not all, other Big Ten teams are in the same boat where they're starting season ticket sales at this point. So good to see for Illinois. It's just uh, hopefully we don't get to a point two, three months down the road here where we're talking about rolling over tickets again into the 2022 season. I'm going to I'm gonna make a bold prediction here, Kyle. All right. So you're off the hook in case this doesn't happen. But I'm going to say <laughs> there's at least 30,000 fans in wow. Memorial Stadium on August 28th. Now, what, what is the Brett, capacity of Memorial Stadium? 60,700. Okay. So you're saying 50% capacity, yeah, give or take. Yeah, okay. sure. All right. I'm, again, no, no inside information, no, no. inside <laughs> sources. I'm just going out on a limb here, a very shaky one right, right now, and saying I think there's going to be 30,000 people in no, Memorial that's, Stadium. That's a bold prediction to make, Matt. Josh Whitman, you can leave the room now. Thank <laughs> you for being here. Appreciate it. Um, no, that's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's reasonable, 50%. I mean, I would not expect the stadium to be 100% full. I'm sure there are people who are going to expect that once the majority of the population gets vaccinated, but I just don't think up here it's realistic. Maybe down in, in Alabama and Mississippi, Louisiana and Florida, where they were having nearly full stadiums mm-hmm. when there was no vaccine. I, I feel like they're not going to be as concerned about it. Illinois has been one of those states that's taken a very different track during this pandemic, so I would just be surprised if it's a full packed Memorial Stadium on opening day against Nebraska on August 28th. But 50%, I think that's reasonable. You've got a lot of people vaccinated by that point. Hopefully the trend of COVID is still going downward. It's outdoors, which helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think that's an insane prediction. It okay. might be a little bold, but I don't think it's crazy. No, in, 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 in normal times, too, It's and this is in all fairness to Illinois football and the, the state of the program, but in, in all fairness, it'd be kind of outlandish to think that they'd have full stadiums oh, sure. in the past. It's been a while the, the since it's been a full Memorial Stadium. With the program, yeah. they haven't had a sellout since Lovey Smith's second game in charge in 2016 against North Carolina, and that was the night game when former Chicago Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky mm-hmm. uh, carved up the Illini defense, but that's neither here nor I, there. I think uh, 30,000 would constitute a good starting point for Brett Bielema's uh, program as far as home attendance goes. I'm trying to stay optimistic, Colin. It's, it's a feel-good week around here in Champaign-Urbana, yeah. the Illinois men's basketball team. Third in the country, yes. number two seed in the Big Ten tournament. All the controversy aside, with the Big right. Ten regular season title, so I'm, I'm trying to play off those good vibes when I make that that, Absolutely. Uh, that bold prediction. I think that's. I mean, it's certainly a better vibe than saying we only have a hundred people in the stands. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> very true. But that is, uh, kind of compounding the the good news aspect. Uh, good news to see them release last night. We'd heard rumblings for. A few weeks, a potential spring game on a Monday night might yeah. happen, and then that uh, that plan came to fruition with a Monday night release <laughs> last last night of yeah. uh, of the announcement that the spring game on April nineteenth will take place on uh, seven p.m. kickoff. Seven p.m. Big Ten Network broadcast. Kay. So even though fans won't be in attendance, at least as of right now, they won't be in attendance. They'll be able to watch the game certainly. I uh, can uh, tailgate in your backyard. You can or follow in your along driveway. with you can follow along with <laughs> Colin Likas's live yep. coverage at AtlantaHQ.com and on Twitter. Yep, and, uh, and Snapchat. Yeah, Instagram. It'll, it'll be fun to get out Facebook and watch uh, watch a college football game again, uh, especially considering I didn't really get to see too many of them in person <laughs> during my first season on the beat. So I'm just going to put college football game in air quotes for a spring game. Yeah, because that's fair. Um, funny moments of my time covering. 
spring games in the past. The last night spring game that Illinois football's had was in 2013. Okay. It was a Friday night kickoff. You were That's still fun. an undergrad at Butler. Yes. So you probably don't remember what we were doing on that no. Friday night. <laughs> uh, I was shivering at Memorial oh. Stadium because it was about 30 degrees outside fun. and uh, fretting about an ever-impending deadline. Uh, I think the game ended... I just remember texting quotes back to the desk at like 10.47 in the cramped team room at Memorial Stadium because of of that fun experience. But also, I think the last last spring game I covered was 2015 under Tim Beckman, and somehow, some way, they just make up weird rules for spring games usually, and... Beckman just flipped the score without yeah, any explanation. I, I think he that. just gave like 31 points to the other team. Yeah, and I remember that. We all just had a good laugh about that You're in like, the press box. Oh, that's funny. So well, hopefully we'll Brett Bielema will have a format a format in place that kind of makes sense for the spring yeah. game. It's like, haha, that's funny. We'll talk about this next year. And then there was no spring game for four years. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you didn't talk about it next year. I think Lovey Smith tried to frame it as kind of like a spring open practice for yeah. fans to come out. And they did come out and... and Get a chance to see the team and get autographs from that. One of the most, and this is surreal to think about now, and you know, this is more of a serious, somber note, but sure. one of the, uh, our former colleague Rick Danzel took this really great photo of Bobby Roundtree mm-hmm. uh, yep. signing an autograph for an, a young Illinois fan yep. uh, in the, 20, the last spring game Illinois had, which was in tw- April 2019. And then it's just so surreal, tragic to think about how his life has changed right. in, in the past two years. But that, to me, just kind of epitomizes what a spring game is. It's a chance for the program to build up some goodwill among its fan base, um, you know, dial up a few trick plays, show off. Uh, you know, the quarterbacks, the skill position players, and, um, yeah, Brett Bielema is going to have a, a chance to do that, uh, you know, in a little more than a month now. It would be really exciting. This is just, since you mentioned Bobby Roundtree, it would be really fun to see if there were any feasible way to get Bobby Roundtree out, not necessarily for the spring game, but for maybe the opener against Nebraska. Yeah, maybe that's exactly. something Illinois has got in the works already. Who knows? Yeah, and, and obviously with all the virtual events we've done in our lives in the last year i'm sure uh that could be yeah. accommodated because he's such an inspiring force for this illinois football program will remain so for for some time yep all right what else are we talking about colin everything you, you drive this bus <laughs> i just kind of are talking about some, everything some uh let's talk about some staff hires from last week including okay. one you want to talk the, josh mandator baby at all yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that. Okay. We're gonna do that. All right, sapphires. <laughs> we're gonna fire away. Fire away, Colin. St. Thomas More alumna uh, Jade Brinkotter was named Illinois' director of football nutrition last week. So uh, good to see a local product getting a getting a hand here in the uh, Illinois football program. She worked uh, she worked previously at Purdue, worked at Northwestern, worked for the IMG Academy down in Florida, which obviously produces a lot of high end uh, college football talent out of the high school level. But uh, Brent Cotter, University of Illinois grad, and she's one of those people who behind the scenes, you know, people might think, oh, so what, they hired somebody to deal with the food or whatever. Well, it's it's not like back in the day when athletes used to, you know, chug a bunch of beers after a game and go to bed, and then they woke up and just ran out to the field or whatever. Sounds like a sports writer. Yeah, I guess. I guess <laughs> so. But, I mean, athletes are so finely tuned, and Matt mentioned Josh Matt or baby, who we'll talk about shortly. It's one of the things he's worrying about preparing for the NFL draft is is his nutrition and trying to get the best possible food into his body because athletes are so fine-tuned they're like machines anymore that they need to have the, those necessary nutrients, the right nutrients and calories and things going into them, and that's what Jade Brinkotter is here to do to make sure Illinois football stacks up with the rest of the Big Ten in that regard so the athletes aren't sluggish and moping around the field and the, the, the Michigan, the Ohio State athletes are running past them because they've got better better nutrition. So it's a pretty important deal. And then 
Uh, also behind the scenes, uh, Illinois hired Mer. You you pronounce it better. Mercy is it Mercy? Mercy. I don't know. You're the beat writer, Colin. I know, but I haven't <laughs> learned how to pronounce his name yet. Uh, Mercy Poindexter. Mercy Poindexter. We're just going with that. Just say it with confidence. Okay. Done. Mercy Poindexter. You can ask him when you talk to him. Yeah. New. Who knows when that'll happen? Uh, new <laughs> new uh, Illinois assistant AD for academic services. Another behind the scenes role. You got to make sure all the athletes are eligible in order to be playing football. So. Poindexter will be in charge of uh, that, at least partially in charge of that. He was previously at the University of Tennessee, also been at Florida State, Georgia Tech. So has a lot of Power 5 experience, and now he's going to bring that to Illinois in a behind-the-scenes role. All right, sounds good. Josh Matator Bebe. Josh Matator Go. Bebe. <laughs> Josh Matter Bebe, uh, preparing for the NFL draft along with Kendrick Green, along with Milo Eifler, along with Nate Hobbs. They will have their Illinois Pro Day next Wednesday. Uh, no NFL Combine this year because of the pandemic. Uh, Jake Hansen was invited before he decided to come back to mm-hmm. Illinois last week. I know Kendrick Green was invited. Uh, Josh Matter Bebe is over in Arizona. He held a Zoom conference call on Monday and talked to some of his local media members about uh, his experience. Uh, I asked him about uh, his decision to leave when he did because he was the only Illinois athlete who declared for the draft and left before the Penn State season finale. And he, he gave a really basic explanation, basic but simple. Uh, just it, my heart said this was it was time for me to go. I'd accomplished everything I wanted to and needed to accomplish at the college level. So I decided to go play for uh, pro football. And so that's what he did. And more power to him for that. I mean, who knows? He could have suffered some career-altering mm-hmm. injury in the Penn State game. And if he felt he accomplished everything he needed to already, there's no point in possibly risking an injury that could uh, ruin your career potentially. So good for him for making that decision. Uh, I said uh, Brett Bielema and his staff never really had any conversations with him either. So there was no talk like with Jake Hansen after mm-hmm. Hansen declared for the draft about, you know, maybe you want to come back. Uh, Matter Bebe has been on his his own path. Uh, he talked with some of his NFL connections. Uh, he's down in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, at the Exos E X O S, all mm-hmm. caps. Uh, okay. That's the name of it. Just Exos. It's very. It sounds <laughs> like James Bond villains might work there. Honestly, I watched I watched part of a James Bond movie last night. Yeah, which one? <laughs> uh, Casino Royale. Okay. I, I, I don't know why. Late yeah, night. Why not? Just put me, it put me to sleep. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> no, I mean, it was good, but I, it was late, so I just... Poor James Bond. Yeah, I, man, we're just covering so many topics. We're covering here. all the topics exactly. today. <laughs> but yeah, he's down in uh, he's down in Exos in Arizona working out with some uh, top college prospects. Also, NFL, current NFL players roll through there. He said uh, DK Metcalf, the Seattle wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., the Cleveland wide receiver, uh, Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard, both New York Giants, key offensive players. Saquon more than Sterling. So he was name-dropping. He was, na- he was definitely <laughs> name-dropping. He's, he's, he's shared a picture on Twitter of himself working out with DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. so he's definitely name-dropping. Uh, yeah, but he basically said, uh, the people I talked to said, this is where you want to go, this is where all the high-end uh, prospects are going, and he basically said, I don't want to cheat myself with the best possible uh, preparation yeah. to try and get to the NFL draft. So we'll see what that leads to for Josh Matterbebe. I know uh, Kendra Green went through kind of the draft grading process and came out with a prospective fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if Josh Matterbebe gets drafted as well uh, in any round. If he doesn't, it's not – I mean, it's obviously he'd rather get drafted, but mm-hmm. Geronimo Allison didn't get drafted a few years ago, wound up with the Green Bay Packers as a free agent receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last Illinois receiver to get drafted was A.J. Jenkins in 2012, and I, I know there's been – 
more receivers, Illini receivers in the NFL since AJ Jenkins. It's not like there's they don't get drafted. They mm-hmm. don't play pro football ever. But Josh Matterbebe certainly wants to get drafted, and he seems to be taking the steps toward making that happen. Yeah, I mean, Illinois had a, a good track record in recent history of uh, guys that sign as undrafted free agents who then ultimately end up sticking on an NFL roster. You look at guys like Justin Hardy with the New Orleans Saints. Clayton Fedulam uh, just finished his first season with the Dolphins mm-hmm. after spending four seasons with the Bengals. Uh, you mentioned Geronimo Allison, who's with the Packers, now with the Lions. Matt LaCosse uh, was with the, he's with the Patriots. Uh, a handful of guys that are currently in the league for mm-hmm. a, form, a former Illini. Uh, went the way of not getting drafted and, and carving out a spot. And even guys like Nick Allegretti and Ted Karras on the offensive line who did end up getting drafted, they were late-round selections that have found a way to to not only stick in the league and stick on a 53-man roster, but uh, find a way to crack the starting lineup on some Super Bowl contenders. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, Pro Day's next Wednesday. Closed to the public. It's always right. been closed to the public, but also closed in the media as well because yep. of the pandemic. But right. uh, I know, Colin, you'll be talking to uh, several other Illini that are going to go through that yeah. uh, next week. Yeah, we're talking to Kendrick Green and Milo Eifler and Nate Hobbs now, uh, a week from today, so uh, next Tuesday, uh, in preparation for their pro day. And, uh, yeah, hopefully those guys uh, turn some heads. Uh, Kendrick Green, maybe you can improve upon that uh, prospective fourth-round draft pick. And uh, we'll see what happens from there. Quick rundown of some uh, FCS in-state schools. Uh, Not going well for a lot of them. Majority. Uh, Illinois State, Eastern Illinois, Western Illinois, who are all playing spring football. They have not won a game yet. They're all 0-2. Southern Illinois, going better for the folks down in Carbondale. The Salukis are... Uh, two and one, two and one, two and one this season. They Including did play a game, game that happened many moons yeah, ago. Yeah, they, they did play last October against Southeast Missouri. But uh, Nick Baker, starting quarterback for the Salukis out of Rochester, former News Gazette All State Player of the Year. So I guess when Derek Leonard talks about quarterbacks, <laughs> you should pay attention because he's doing some big things down in Carbondale. So there, that's our quick rundown of SCS football. You want to get to our draft this week? Let's Colin? get to our draft. All right, uh, each week we pick ten. We do drafts centered around Illinois football, Big Ten football, call it the Big Ten. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to make our kind of going on the vibes of March Madness and NCAA tournament coming up and life seemingly somewhat getting back to close to normal as much as you possibly can. Sure. Uh, we we want to pick 10 Big Ten football coaches that you'd want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. That could be barbecuing. That could be right. grabbing a beer. That could be... Chilling in a man cave with sure. four 68-inch high-def TVs. <laughs> watching TNT, TBS, True TV, and CBS all at the same time. Or bird watching. That too, Colin. Whatever. Because I'm sure at least one of these guys is into bird watching. Yeah, I'm sure none of them are, but okay. You can <laughs> go I'm, I'm going to put out an email to all 14. <laughs> and you're going to hear nothing back. <laughs> I'm going to hear birds. Yeah, there birds you go. Tweeting. All right. I don't yeah. know where we're going with this now, Colin. <laughs> the uh, entertaining but, side. But you get your first pick yeah. in this draft. I'm going to uh, go with noted uh, bird watcher, Brett Bielema. <laughs> um, no, I, d- I doubt Brett Bielema is a bird watcher. Uh, he's hey, not grew up in Prophetstown, country not, boy. He, I'm sure there are birds there, yes. Okay. But yeah, on the barbecue side of things, Brett Bielema apparently is a, a master barbecuer because Jay Kaiser, who's in charge of college personnel for Illinois, uh, relayed a story back uh, when these two were co-workers back before Illinois about how they would hang out uh, before Brett Bielema had a had a wife and kids, and uh, they would hang out and go grill basically in there. Right. Brett Bielema's uh, deck, it sounds like. So, 
Uh, it sounds like it'll be a good time to have a have a maybe a steak and a beer with Brett Bielman. Okay, all right. Way to try to ingratiate ingratiate yourself with the new coach. There's by never a bad the, time to the do that. Number one uh, overall pick. Uh, that's not as outlandish, I think, as you're saying that Illinois had the best Big Ten football uniforms, but uh, <laughs> it's not. It, it's it's kind of on par, but not not close. I, Brett Bielman, I think, could be a, a good case for for whatever program he was coaching uh, yes. but here in at Illinois. I think he's gonna gonna win some fans over with just his personality. So my first pick. I'm going to go with a guy that knows the Champaign-Urbana area pretty well. We'll actually get to come back here and coach against the Illini uh, in about six months or so. And I'm going to go with Mike Loxley, former uh, Illini offensive coordinator under Ron Zook, led Illinois to the Rose Bowl. Uh, I just think it would be great to inject some true serum into him and have (laughs) him him, uh, tell some tales about uh, Ron Zook, Juice Williams, Jay Lehman, all those those great uh, Illinois players from that Rose Bowl team. And then also really just to find out what it was like to work under Nick Saban when he was there at, at Alabama. And, yeah. uh, no proven recruiter on on the college football front. Uh, I'm sure he's got some some wild stories as well on the, on the recruiting trail. So my number one pick, I'm going to go Mike Loxley. You're back on the clock, Colin. Mike Loxley might actually bring a plus one with him of, of Ron Zook since they're working there together. There you go, right Ron now, Zook, so. outside linebackers coach. He might just, he special might just teams bring coordinator. Up. He might just bring him with. Who yeah, knows? he's going to be on the opposing sidelines at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, very interesting. Sounds like a Bob Osmus and Column special yeah, right I there. I think it will be. All right. <laughs> uh, my number two pick, um, maybe I'm basing this totally on the, the stories you hear all about this individual, but... He does seem like a fascinating individual. This is Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Colin know, wears khakis every day to the <laughs> office. I rarely do, but I would put on <laughs> khakis if that's a requirement to hang out with him. If he just forces <laughs> me to wear khakis, I guess I'll do that. But if he forces me to climb a tree to talk to a recruit, I might not do that. Okay. I, I don't feel like I could climb trees very well. But, yeah, Jim Harbaugh just a, is a fascinating individual, at least through the media is what it seems like. And uh, obviously his career has been pretty interesting, too. Got to play for the Chicago Bears. He had that whole mess with the 49 where they were a great team for two years and then mm-hmm. they, the front office basically told him to get lost and now he's had this love-hate relationship with Michigan media slash fans and I, he just seems like he's just a really interesting person to get to know and he, I feel like he'd be very open with you regardless of who you are. All right, sounds good. Uh, my second pick, uh, I swear I'm not just picking guys that used to coach at Illinois and are now Big Ten coaches, but the trend is continuing with this selection. Okay. I'm going to go Jeff Brom, All right. uh, Purdue coach, former uh, quarterbacks coach at Illinois for two seasons in 2010, 2011. Uh, just seems like a straightforward, honest, straight shooter uh, type of guy that uh, could, you know, have a cool man cave, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, watch some games with him. Um, he's also kind of innovative as well. One of the first coaches that came up with a alternative plan when it looked like Big Ten football wasn't going to happen last fall and uh, always just kind of seems to be on the cutting edge. I know he's had not had the success. They haven't built upon the success he's had at Purdue, but I think in the long run, I think he's going to end up working out with uh, the Boilermakers. And even if he doesn't, then he'd still be cool to hang out with because uh, yep. he gave one of the best ever interviews in the short-lived history mm-hmm. of the XFL. So my second pick, <laughs> I'm going to go Jeff Brown. That's right. Uh, with my number three pick, I'm going to go up north. And he's a guy, I think, if he had wound up attending the U of I and he'd <laughs> wound up coming back to coach at the U of I, I think he'd be beloved here. But because he went to the rival school, he's not so much. Would be Pat Fitzgerald. Um, 
big Chicago fan, big Chicago sports fan, so that'd be uh, you could go to a Cubs game with him or a Blackhawks game maybe and uh, have a good time in that way. Um, and he's just another guy who seems like he wouldn't be afraid to speak his mind. He's never been afraid to let people know when he feels like his team's being overlooked in a mm-hmm. given year and things like that. So, yeah, I think Pat Fitzgerald would be a, a fun guy to spend the day with, uh, probably just roaming the streets of Chicago, maybe attending a sporting event. and Yeah. It'd be, it'd be funny to see if he, and this will never happen, but if he was the coach at Illinois, how many ILL, INI mm-hmm. chance he would have, because it seems like at the end of every sentence he has, he always says, go Cats. Yep. So that just is, yeah, he's a guy that I think if he was the coach at your school, you'd love him. Yep. But if he's not, then you kind of don't really like him too much. <laughs> but I think he'd be fun to hang out with, so yep. I, have no, I have no qualms with that pick. My next pick might be a controversial one because some people like him, some people really, really, really don't like him. I don't think there's either, I think it's at one end of the spectrum mm-hmm. or the other, and that's sure. uh, that's PJ Fleck. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go on some boat rides with him up in <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> I'm going to row the boat. I'm going to... I'm going to get fired up about anything and everything. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, Scott Ritchie texted me this three or four years ago when he was at Big Ten Football Media Days up in Chicago. And uh, PJ Fleck was, I think, the first coach to speak on the second day of the sessions uh, up there. Uh, and he was the first speaker, I think, I think it started like 8 a.m. So all the media members, I think, sure. for the most part, we're all kind of late night folks. We're not really early risers, no. per se. But uh, Scott said it was like getting injected with like five energy drinks, hearing <laughs> PJ Fleck get up there and start talking because oh, he just kind of kind of took off guard. But I'd go, I go with him. Uh, seems like a guy that he's just a really interesting guy. So I'd yeah. be intrigued to hear what he has to say on a variety of topics. Absolutely, so we'll leave it at that. All right, your well, next up, Colin. With my number four pick, I think I am going to. Maybe go a slightly different route than some of my other picks so far. They've been very uh, boisterous types, very gregarious types. I don't really associate those words with Tom Allen necessarily over at IU, but I think he's just a very positive, upbeat, happy individual. He's very happy to be here and not in the sense that, you know, he's around and the team is just losing a bunch of games and he's just like, oh, I'm really happy to be an FBS coach. No, (laughs) he's just really happy to be around and he just seems like that infects all of his players and it seems like it's really brought a lot of good players to his program and I feel like that would uh, translate over to to hanging out with him. He'd just spend an entire day with no negativity and be like, man, this is very... (laughs) Weight off your shoulders, <laughs> relaxing. I, I can't imagine Tom Allen gets on Twitter a lot, so you, you just probably go off in a bubble somewhere, like out <laughs> on a beach or something, and just it'd be an entirely positive, happy, carefree day. I think. Let me know where there are beaches in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, there are there are nice uh, mountain biking hills in Bloomington, okay. Indiana. I don't know of any beaches though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Allen seems like a guy that players really really love to uh love to play for yeah. and uh he somehow turned indiana into a football school so yeah kudos to him for that uh my fourth pick um folks in michigan probably won't like this one uh folks in other big 10 schools probably won't like this one because chances are he's beaten your team numerous times <laughs> and will continue to do so but that's ryan day yep. at ohio state um not as bristly as his predecessor, Urban Meyer. Right. Uh, seems to kind of be more easygoing but intense at the same time. Uh, so I go with Ryan Day. He just, okay. I mean, how can you go wrong with a guy that seemingly has the Buckeyes in contention for a national title each and every year and just continues oh, yeah. to build that program's success to stratospheric levels? And for someone to handle the pressure 
that they do in, in Columbus too, I think is says something about a person and, and how they, how they go about their business. So my fourth pick, I'll go with Ryan day. All right. Well, I'll last pick, Colin, no la- pressure. I don't want to screw anything up obviously, but with my last pick, maybe it's a little uh, off the board one, uh, but I'm going to go with Mel Tucker over at Michigan state. Right. Um, he's had a fascinating career to me where he's coached, you know, he coached with an Ohio State team that won a national championship in 2002, not head coach, but he's on the staff. He was on an Alabama staff that won national championship in 2015, and then he's just been on so many really not good football teams, both at the college and the NFL level, and it just seems like he keeps on persevering through, and he still has something to <coughs> offer all of these schools that he goes to. Uh, I, I just, I'd just like to talk with him about just how he, he basically has fought through all these, these difficult situations he's found himself in professionally over the years. It just seems like he's a guy who can't be beaten down, basically. And uh, that's the kind of person I think you want to surround yourself with for at least one day. It's just somebody who's just kind of like, oh, something else hit me, but just going to keep going. Just uh, maybe, maybe it's a different job, but just keep going. And his first season at Michigan State certainly wasn't easy, but I wouldn't be surprised that the Spartans have things turned around in a couple of years. Solid choice. Keep solid, on going. Solid <laughs> choice. Can't, can't debate that at yep. all. So uh, my fifth and final pick, I'm going to go Scott Frost at okay. Nebraska. Seems like you could maybe go out on a lake with him, do some fishing. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's familiar with uh, – all the great agricultural staples of his home state in, in Nebraska. I'm sure Nebraska fans would love for him to win more games <laughs> uh, than he is right now as coach. Uh, kind of brought in as kind of the the savior uh, of the program. But uh, all in all, just seems like kind of a down-to-earth guy, yeah. especially considering all the success he had as a, as a player and then kind of rising through the coaching ranks. But, uh, yeah, my fifth pick, I'll go Scott Frost, Nebraska. Okay. We good, I think Colin? we did a good job. I think we did a great job. Sorry too. to the four we missed. But, uh, <laughs> so apologies to you're on standby. Kirk Ferentz, James Franklin, Greg Schiano, and Paul Chris. We'll get you included somehow in a future draft. We've that got good. We've got a lot more episodes to That's do fair. before the the Illinois football season kicks off in mm-hmm. five and a half months, Colin. All right, it'll be here before we know it. It probably will be. <laughs> All right, get back to work, Colin. Sounds good.